What's up, everybody? This is Mercules here with the Massive Breakdown Podcast. We are coming to you for episode 31, uh, about a week after patch 2.5.0.2. That's a mouthful. <laughs> dropped. Uh, we are sadly sans Cougar tonight. He uh, had family matters to attend to, so he will not be with us. But me and Kit Kutch are going to be holding it down, discussing something we are very excited to bring to you. We're going to be talking about sidearms today. Now, the last couple of weeks, we spent time talking about the patch, our thoughts on the patch, our ideas on the patch, how it could have been better, stuff like that. We're sick and tired of talking about it. What it comes down to is at some point, you have to adapt to the new patch. And one of the biggest things that people are having to adapt to right now is sidearms, both their usage and playing against them. So we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be giving you some numbers, some stats, some perks to look out for, some weapons to try to get, all of that stuff. But let's get the introductions out of the way. Like I said at the beginning, I am Mercules and my singular co-host tonight, Kit Kutcha. How are you doing, man? Uh, Merc, I'm doing fantastic. I've gotten a ton of Destiny in over the last week, um, really trying to get a feel for the new meta and and just having a lot of fun. Uh you know, it, it's been fun experimenting a little bit here. So, all salt aside, I, I have to say that it's always fun to experiment when we get a new meta. So, I'm doing good. Perfect. So the viewers, uh, so the viewers understand where we're coming from here. Do you want to tell them what exactly you've been doing over the last week to uh, to get an idea, to get a handle on how the meta has been uh, shaping out for the Crucible? Yeah, absolutely. So. I've been, first off, those of you who follow me on, on Twitter or who maybe catch the occasional post on Reddit know I've been doing a lot of math uh, the last week as far as time to kill changes for various weapons, uh, damage changes for various weapons. Um, but I've also just been just been trying to play a lot. I've been playing with every single archetype of every single primary in Destiny. Uh, I've been trying out different special weapons. Um, I'll be honest, I have not given fusions the time of day yet, and I don't know if I will, but fusions were never my thing, so uh, <laughs> give me grief for that if you want to. But um, yeah, so I've just kind of, like I said, I've just been trying to get a, a real feel for how the weapons actually perform in the game now, how aerial accuracy has changed things, um, which is, I, I would say, a lot, um, and uh, how the numbers actually uh, play out a little bit differently too. So that's what I've been up to. Merck, uh, how about you? I know you've been busy this week as well. I've been logging some time, basically. I've spent most of my time in sixes, clash, control, uh, riff, things like that. That is obviously where I spend the majority of my time anyways, but it's also given me a really great handle on the variety that you'll see in the game. New strategies on maps that are both close range and long range. I will be honest, just as it has been for all of year three, I see no reason to dive into trials, and I'm not planning on doing it anytime soon. Normally, Cougar's the one who covers that for us, but since he's not here, this is going to be a more general discussion of tactics in the Crucible. I will say that I've played more in the last week um, than I probably have in any week prior. I think I put 20 hours in in a week, uh, which is very impressive for me, nearly three hours a day that I was playing. I've gotten a ton of time with different weapons in. I've spent a lot of time with the Ludmila, with the Parthian shot, with the Genesis chain, um, with a couple other auto rifles just to test out, see how things went. Spent some time with sidearms, with Icebreaker, a couple of the other different snipers just to see how it goes. Um, I've mostly been observing, though. I've been observing a lot of other players, um, some good players, some bad players, some average players. Just looking around, I've been paying a lot of attention to the posts on Reddit, to the post on Crucible Playbook. I've been destiny trackering the shit out of random people that I play, <laughs> um, just looking at how people's play strategies have changed recently. So I think I've got a relatively good handle on things. And to me, the seemingly biggest change with this patch 
somewhat obviously, is the usage in sidearms and how it has skyrocketed through the roof. Um, in trials and normal crucible and everything, sidearms seem to be the new flavor of the month or flavor of the meta. And there are a lot of them right now. It can be kind of hard to choose, you know, which one you think would be good. There are different archetypes. A couple of new archetypes are brought in with Rise of Iron. Yep. Um, but Kikacha, what do you think? What do you think would be best if you're just saying to someone, sidearms are the new meta, grab yourself a sidearm, which one are you going to recommend? Well, I think uh, <laughs> anybody who, uh, who, again, who follows me on Twitter already knows. Um, I did post up a video earlier for Destiny Tracker uh, talking about the Wormwood. Uh, and I say earlier, of course, when you're listening to this, that may be uh, a couple days ago, that may be a couple weeks ago, who knows. But um, you'll find that out on the Destiny Tracker YouTube channel. And the Wormwood is, I mean, it's everywhere. I know that it's not news that I'm saying that. The Wormwood, for those of you who don't know, it's the Future War Cult Vendor sidearm. comes with a pretty damn fantastic role. Right, so you get this from Lakshmi 2 in the hangar. She's up in the lounge overlooking the hangar. And uh, the perks that it comes with, it's actually got uh, what I would consider uh, probably the god role for just about any sidearm, but definitely for the Wormwood, uh, aside from the sights. It's not, it's not my favorite sight. So we're talking about here... True Sight IS is going to be the best sight you can pick there. It also comes with fast draw and quick draw, but True Sight's going to boost your aim assist, um, and it's also going to give you uh, small bumps to the same stats that fast draw and quick draw boost as well. So th that's really going to be your optimal choice. Uh, the next slot has high caliber rounds and quick draw. High caliber rounds is definitely the way to go. It, it is effective on sidearms, and it also gives you a small range bump, uh, which stacks with the perk you're going to choose in the next slot which is hand-loaded. Hand-loaded is competing with Zen Moment, which is an excellent stability boost, but again, you really need the range on a sidearm. Every little bit of range counts. Uh, I've got some stats on where damage drop-off starts based on your range, and it is pretty steep. So even, even a half-meter advantage over an opponent in a sidearm fight matters. And then the final perk is Hidden Hand. No choice here. That's the one that you have. And... Honestly, the only other perk that you might want instead would be Rangefinder, which does push out your damage drop-off and aim assist a little bit. Um, whether or not it's worth it versus Hidden Hand making you more effective within uh, within that range, uh, maybe is an open debate, but, but that's what you have right there. All right, very nice. And those of you who've listened to us before, I've known that we have recommended the Wormwood in the past when we've been talking about um, special weapons. It is a really great sidearm number one because it's so easy to get it's probably going to be the sidearm you're going to see the most it's easy to get it comes with a great roll yeah it's a perfect combination right there um let's talk stats so just like all of what i like to call the mid-impact sidearms it's got a pretty damn fast optimal time to kill 0.6 seconds one crit three bodies is all you need uh it is just just you know just just faster than the very fastest legendary primaries right now it's about two frames faster than a parthian shot or a ludmala obviously they don't operate within the same window right sidearms are up close um high impact pulses are farther away but what i'm saying by that is although it's not instant like some other special weapons it's still faster than almost anything else that's in the game as long as you are hitting your shots uh body shot time to kill is 0.8 seconds with five body shots again pretty forgiving you can basically just spam the body and if you hit you know one head and a few bodies you're going to be good and even if you don't hit the head you're still going to get it pretty fast 0.8 is very quick if you guys remember that's as fast as the clever dragon was with basically all headshots or all headshots and a body shot prior to the most recent patch 
Um, in terms of the rest of its stats, it's not terrible. It's not great. It's got kind of, I'd say, below average range for a sidearm. It's sitting at 28. Stability, though, is decent, 76. Um, and aim assist is also decent at 84. The one area it kind of lacks is the 12 mag size. And mag size isn't necessarily the most important stat, but remember that it is a sidearm. You're basically going to be spamming the trigger 12. It's the only uh, sidearm in that archetype that doesn't have 15. And that's pretty much the reason why it's not straight up unanimously the best sidearm. Um, for comparison, for those of you who are looking for it, we're not going to be talking about the Iron Wreath here because it's not obtainable anymore. But for those of you who are looking for the Iron Wreath, Remember that it's in the same archetype as the Wormwood, so the times to kill are the exact same, the body shots and everything like that. Um, Iron Wreath has a little bit worse range, about the same stability, three more in the mag at 15, and a little bit worse aim assist. So you're basically trading aim assist for three more in the mag, uh, is what it comes down to with the Iron Wreath. So if you're looking for a comparison, there it is, but like I said, that's the year two Iron Banner. You can't get it anymore. Yep. Um, I got a Wormwood to drop myself. It's got sure shot, high caliber rounds, fitted stock, and reactive reload. And I got to say that even though it's not the same role with the vendor, it's still an amazing, amazing weapon. I've had a blast playing with it um, in the games that I've used. I paired it with a high-impact pulse rifle, and it, it, was, it seemed to be the perfect complement. Yeah, they go together really well. Um, I kind of like to think of the Wormwood as uh, the palindrome of sidearms, if you will. Um, you can just, you know, you get that, that fantastic roll from the vendor, but even if you don't, it's not actually that hard to, to farm drops from Future War Cult, right? Um, so that's something I'm going to be working on here myself, uh, trying to get get a little more variety and, and test out some of the other perks. But yeah, it, it definitely pairs well with high-impact pulse rifles, pairs well with any scout rifle at all, uh, whatever your your flavor is, whether it's uh, Mida, as I tend to prefer, or Chaos Dogma, as, uh, as Merc prefers. So... No Land Beyond goes very well with it too. Yeah, if you're into that sort of thing. Yeah, I hear. Uh, I hear there's there's no land in Trials where you can hide from No Land Beyond at this point in time. Ooh. Oh man. Yes, I've I've seen the post. <laughs> I've seen the post, but. Yeah, so it's it's uh, it's solid. A couple other guns in that same archetype that I've seen a lot of people recommending, but that I'm pretty sure you can't actually get. And I guess we'll hear about this if I'm wrong, right? Uh, Jabber Hockey D. It was the Taking King Vanguard Quartermaster sidearm. It was a great sidearm. Uh, very similar stat-wise to the Wormwood, but it also had 15 rounds in the mag. Again, has maybe a slight advantage there in terms of uh, the number of encounters you can you can have before you have to reload. And then Conviction 2, the Taking King New Monarchy sidearm. Again, I'm pretty sure you can't get that anymore. Uh, also very similar stats to the Wormwood and the, and the other guns in that archetype. Uh, and then two more just to touch on briefly. Vestian Dynasty you get from completing the House of Wolves questline. Uh, it's got, objectively, the best stats of any sidearm in the game. Except for the stat that matters, which is having hit scan. And uh, so outside of its effective range, which is of course very short, you're going to be getting uh, more ghost bullets than any hand cannon user ever saw in their entire life. It's just every shot just vanishes into the ether. Uh, the Queen's Choice from the Prison of Elders is the exact same situation. It has uh, the second best stats probably of any sidearm in the game after Vestian Dynasty, but again, not hit scan. So, I mean, that that's really all that there is to it. You just can't reliably land shots. 
One correction, Jabberhockey D, you actually can get from Legendary Special Weapon Ingram. Excellent. Um, okay. Old Year 2 Vanguard Quartermaster and Year 2 Crucible Quartermaster weapons you can still get from Ingrams. Conviction 2, as far as I know, you cannot get that anywhere in the game. That was a Year 2 New Monarchy one, like you said. I don't think you can get that anywhere in the game. Um, and Hitscan, I don't... I may have zoned out when you clarified this, but hit scan is the fact that bullets have travel time. Right. If it is non-hit scan, non-hit scan means that they have travel time. Hit scan means that it's basically a laser pointer that comes out the end of the gun and it goes immediately to the target within the very same frame. Hit scan means there is some travel time. And for those of you who think it's not a big deal, um, it is. It's a tremendous, tremendous deal. When I was testing the Vestian Dynasty versus something like the Trespasser, um, it was at distances taking sometimes up to 10 frames for the for the things to hit a target. That's a third of a second for the target to move away wherever it wants. Like it is, it really, really makes a difference. And on top of that, it is way more affected by latency in PvP yeah. than non-hit scan weapons. Um, so just buyer beware. Stat-wise, they're dominant, but it takes a skilled, skilled hand to wield them, and you really have to be careful. Yeah, and I'll say too, uh, I mean, hit scan in and of itself is just a huge advantage in longer range encounters with sidearms. I know sidearms are not long range weapons. Generally, you want to be sticking around the 10 meter range very close, uh, you know, really just outside what used to be uh, the matador range, the matador only range. And uh, that is true, but the initial accuracy on sidearms is still really high. So don't think if you happen to have it out and there's somebody who's low health um, you know at, at a distance you think you probably can't hit them at feel free to take a pot shot you know if, if you if you swapping is going to let them get away take a pot shot with your sidearm i can't tell you how many kills i got taking pot shots at ridiculous distances against damaged opponents uh, i mean that's what team shooting's all about you know so uh, if you pace them out and you take advantage of that high initial accuracy, some of those shots are going to land, and it, it just feels good. Yeah, sidearms, um, the damage drop-off, like we talked about, is, is pretty steep on them, but uh, you can hit people from far away. You're not going to be pulling off optimal times to kill, especially against fully shielded opponents, but they do a lot of flinch. They really make your opponent's screen shake a lot, and you can surprise some people if you're not expecting a four-hit or a four-hit kill um, just by spamming that trigger and going to town and treating them a little bit like uh, like you would maybe an auto rifle at that type of range, because we know auto rifles have some pretty unforgiving damage fall off as well. Um, something else about sidearms, just in general, in-air accuracy is fantastic. Oh, it is. Uh, they pair really well with hand cannons for that reason. You don't have to limit yourself no matter what um, primary special you're using. In-air accuracy is just tremendous, tremendous, tremendous. So don't be afraid to go airborne when you're using one of these. It's really great for hunters, any bones of Yao players. Uh, and that's something we probably should have mentioned in the beginning because it's, it's for all sidearms. It's not just one class in particular. So don't be afraid to go airborne with them. The way you used to be able to do with shotguns, you can do it now with sidearms, but sidearms are actually more effective because they're going out to a longer range. So I just want to throw that out there. Yeah, I got a ton of aerial kills over the weekend. Um, and it... I mean, they're with within the within the effective range. I'd I'd go as so far as to say that they are very nearly just as accurate as hand cannons. Now, if your opponent gets a little bit further away, of course that changes. But within close range, if you are airborne, uh, it's very easy to land shots on people with a sidearm. Uh, I do want to take a quick aside and, and actually talk about the numbers for damage fall off uh, for sidearms, just to kind of give you guys. 
uh, a baseline so that you're aware of where your where your effective distance is. Um, and I've got those pulled up right now. Uh, total credit for these numbers goes to uh, Gentilectual, a fellow Redditor who does a ton of fantastic research, mostly on Crucible Playbook, which is where uh, the post that I saw this originally was at. Um, but total props to him for, for doing the, the hard work to, to get these numbers. Um, so just want to share what he found with everybody else here who might not have seen it on Reddit. So at the bottom of the, uh, the range for sidearms, uh, you've got uh, right around 26. You're going to have your damage fall off starting at just 8.5 meters. So that's basically what used to be the Stormcaller melee range. It is where your, your damage starts falling off with a sidearm. Um, now if you push that range up to 30, which is right around where the Wormwood and most of the, uh, the mid to mid-high impact sidearms are at, uh, your damage falloff is going to get pushed up to about 9.25 to 9.5. Uh, if you get up to 35, 36, you're actually going to be right at 10 meters before drop-off starts. And then if you get all the way up to 40, a few sidearms can achieve that. Uh, the Wormwood cannot. But uh, if you've got some of the older sidearms or if you're running a different archetype, it's possible to get that much range. And you can actually get out to 10.5. Uh, now, rangefinder, as it turns out, and I think I said I think I said differently in the past, but uh, uh, based on the stats, and this is from December of last year, so it's pretty recent. No changes have been made to sidearms, but it looks like rangefinder adds uh, between. Let's see here if I can if I can eyeball this between one and uh, up to one and a half meters of effective range on a sidearm. So it's not a huge benefit, but it, it does add some. It, of course, it adds a little bit more to a high-range sidearm because it is a, a multiplicative factor, right? It's zoom factor, so it's, it's in multiplying your range out a little bit further. Um, but so that's that's where you're at. Your, your best, your optimal range at best is going to be 12 meters, more likely right around 10. Yeah, so I found I found ten meters to be pretty, pretty strong range for sidearms. Ten to twelve meters, um, even with the damage fall off, you can still generally pick up the kill quickly. Yeah. The problem with that used to be that that was right about where shotguns started to max out their one hit kill potential. Yep. Uh, meaning that that was like right at the end range of a god roll and matador was going to be able to kill you. Uh, so they used to not be that great because you kind of had to start shooting outside of a sidearm's optimal range and let the shotgunner draw himself in. Um, it was possible, people did it, but it was a little bit more difficult. Now that shotguns have kind of been pushed to the wayside, at least for now, it's a lot easier to do that. You're not going to run into too, too many people running low impact autos at this exact point in time. That would probably be your best or your stiffest competition in close range would be a low impact auto. Um, and you're just not going to see too many of them, quite frankly, in the Crucible. If you do run into a Doctrine, you may not want to go head-to-head to, head to head with it. Um, although you can be a little bit... You can consider yourself in a favorable position in terms of time to kill and damage-wise. He is just going to be spraying bullets at you, and it might be pretty hard to actually hit the shots you need to win. Uh, but short of that, you should be able to kill most things up close if you're accurate. Um, talking about damage fall off i actually did those tests for myself as well for the exotic the trespasser 
Um, this is going to be the second sidearm. It's the one I recommend most highly. I know some people don't want to give up their exotic uh, slot for sidearm, but when it comes to the Trespasser, I really, really think you should. Uh, optimal time to kill. It actually only takes two bursts to kill someone up close. Uh, four crits, two body shots, so you've kind of got a little bit of wiggle room. You don't need to be super, super accurate. <coughs> that being said, 0.53 seconds. That is competitive with the last word, and it's best. Um, that's great. If you catch someone flat-footed with Trespasser, you can melt them. Absolutely. Body shot time to kill isn't tremendous because it does require uh, two-thirds of another burst. So you're going to be sitting at uh, 0.87 seconds. But thank God it is hit scan. We don't have to worry about that. Stat-wise, geez, 32 base range. That's good. 100 base stability, 97 reload speed, 18 mag size. Aim assist isn't great. It's 70. But the thing I love about this is actually the exotic perk. The exotic perk is if you kill someone and then reload, it fires the first two bursts in a magazine for about five seconds after that reload consecutively, meaning there's no burst delay. So it fires one giant burst of six bullets, which is capable of killing someone. If you hit all those shots, you will kill someone with one burst. It's like a third of a second as the time it takes um, to finish someone off with that. It's amazing. It's incredibly fun. It's super high risk, high reward, because if you miss that burst, you're stuck firing off all six shots and you can't really do anything about it. So it's kind of it kind of screws you over there. Um, Perk-wise... In the, well, first off, you get to choose between sites. You don't get to choose between um, between barrel perks, unfortunately. But SureShot IS is there. That's probably the best best uh, site that you can choose. Yep. Relentless Tracker is in the next slot. Nobody really cares about that. But then you have to choose between hand-loaded, reinforced barrel, and quick draw. Um, as Kutcher just said, when you're looking at sidearms, you really want to push that range out. But I have to warn you reinforced barrel the penalty to stability is not worth it it actually doubles the amount of recoil suffered when compared to hand loaded and it only pushes out the damage fall off by one meter i think it takes it from uh 10 to 11 or 11 to 12 something like that it might be 11 to 12 what's it put the range at uh it would put it at 40 i'm pretty sure because yep. it's reinforced barrel on a 32 based range so um, i don't have those numbers in front of me but i so i just use hand loaded i think my damage drop off i only very quickly tested, but I think it was 10 or 11 with hand loaded, and that was more than enough for me. Um, you could also choose quick draw. I know some people swear by quick draw. They like that fast ready speed. I personally found the extra meter of full damage to be more useful. Um, and then the final slot is obviously unrepentant, which is the name of the exotic perk that lets it fire those two rounds. So this gun was good to me even when shotguns ruled the meta. Now that shotguns don't rule the meta, I have to say it is probably by far my favorite sidearm to use. Yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic sidearm. I definitely got some trespasser hours logged uh, over the weekend here as well. And, I mean, I'll agree with you. When you land those two bursts, I'd say probably eight times out of ten, that was enough to drop somebody. Um, either because they had already been damaged by something or because, you know, it's just not that hard to land uh, two out of three headshots uh, on each burst. It's a very accurate gun. And... Uh, I really did find it pretty effective. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't always happy to give up my exotic slot right there, even though truth, uh, in in just a brief moment of, of silence for for truth. But he, <laughs> even though truth got hit just super hard, uh, totally unjustified. Uh, I still like to run truth because it's it's just so accurate. Um, but I also like to run some of the other exotic heavies. Um, 
But when I'm not doing that, Trespasser does feel really good. The thing about it, and the reason that I think almost everybody uses the Wormwood, and, and a lot of people maybe are better off with the Wormwood, is that if you miss a shot with the Wormwood, it's really not that big a deal. Um, but if you miss a shot with the Trespasser, uh, you've just killed a quarter of a second, which is kind of a lot of time in a, in a firefight in Destiny. So it's, it's very punishing to miss. Uh, is is what I found, and especially like you. I mean, you mentioned it with uh, with the six burst shot. I forget now what it called. Unrepentant with with the unrepentant burst. Uh, obviously, hugely unforgiving if you miss that. But even just a regular burst does eat up uh, five frames and a burst delay before you can shoot again. So not a not an amount of time that you want to waste if you can avoid it. So you do have to be on point. Uh, with the Trespasser, and that's why I think the Wormwood has really been dominant, but the Trespasser gets some love, uh, no doubt. I think the Trespasser's got a higher ceiling uh, and a lower floor. It's one of those type of things. Yeah. If you're good with it, you're going to be the best. If you're bad with it, you're going to really, really struggle. I think it's one of those guns that uh, takes takes a skilled hand to wield. Um, Absolutely. There's only one other exotic sidearm. I don't really feel the need to go too far into it. Suffice to say, it is not as competitive as the trespasser although in some instances it may be more fun the dregs promise the exotic from the prison of elders it's another burst sidearm unfortunately this one is not hit scan yeah. um catch if you spend any time playing with the dregs promise i mean i whipped it out for a little bit but uh honestly it just couldn't compare yeah i didn't spend a ton of time with it um i, I guess i didn't find it a whole lot of fun i also didn't really get any any indoor maps with tight spaces where i could try to ricochet rounds at people so uh, so, you know, barring that, I think that that's the most fun you can have with the Dreg's Promise. It's not terrible. 0.73 second optimal time to kill is kind of a bit slow for an exotic special weapon to me. Like, I don't, I don't really understand why it's so slow. But uh, 0.8 second body shot time to kill is still really good. So, um, so it's got that going for it. It is fairly accurate. I didn't find it too difficult to hit shots uh, within short range, but it was a lot less accurate at longer distances than either the Trespasser or the Wormwood, uh, or even the Teacup Tempest, which which I spent a little bit of time with too. So uh, I was not sold uh, on the Dreg's Promise by any means. I, I think it probably uh, is just not not worth taking into the Crucible. Maybe Maybe it's fun in PvE. I think it's a great troll weapon. Like, it's one of those guns where you kill someone and the person's like, what just killed me? And then they see Dreg's Promise and they're like, oh, man. Because the, the ricochet rounds or the shock rounds or whatever it is they're called make a kind of a distinct noise and sound when they hit you, mm -hmm. which is a little bit different than anything else in the game. So I noticed, I did get killed once by Dreg's Promise uh, last night, I believe. And I legitimately stopped and was like, really, Dreg's Promise? That's what killed me. And you can't help but, but uh, applaud the guy for even, for even taking it out. But I've seen... I believe there's a video a while back of a three-man team using only Dreg's Promise and Trials of Osiris <laughs> and just embarrassing people. So oh. if you're good, it is possible, but I think it's more of a troll weapon than it is a serious contender at this point, even with the improved meta. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that for sure. Um, well, I, I guess uh, maybe a little segue here. I mentioned the Teacup Tempest, which is actually the highest impact sidearm, and I know that there was one that we've mentioned so many times before, but have to mention again, and, and I think, Merck, I'm going to let you take this one away here. Yep. Crow's Eye is up there with probably my favorite sidearm. Um, favorite sidearm in the game at all, 
but it does come with a caveat that you have to have a kind of specific set of perks to really, really take advantage of it. So the Crow's Eye, for those of you who don't know, is the House of Judgment Reputation Package Sidearm. If you've listened to this podcast before, you know that we've harped on it a million times. If you're not, you're tuning in for the first time, I'm going to try to go over it. Basically, what makes it so great is if you can get either Linear Compensator, Accurized Ballistics, or Field Choke, those are barrel perks that increase the impact. It can actually kill in 0.7 seconds with four body shots. You do not even need a headshot at all to get the optimal time to kill. And 0.7 seconds is very, very fast, very forgiving, faster than everything except for the high-impact pulse rifles in terms of time to kill. Um, it's just, it's a fantastic weapon. And then stats wise, it's got great, great range sitting at 32. The stability is average, but because it's got a slower rate of fire, the gun actually has a lot more time to settle in between your shots. So you're not going to be having to worry about, um, you know, spamming the trigger and, and the gun flying all over the place. Aim assist is wonderful at 85. Reload speed is slow, but I mean, it's a sidearm. It still has fast reload speed. Even a slow sidearm's reload speed is faster than most primaries. Yep. And then the mag size is... 12 which although it's not great it's the exact same size as the wormwood so really if you can grab a crow's eye with a barrel perk that increases impact uh, what you're going to be looking for after that in column two hand loaded and fitted stock although they seem like small boost um sidearms are actually greatly changed by tiny little boost so hand loaded like we talked about is probably going to push that damage fall off out about a meter fitted stock is actually going to cut down on the stability or cut down on the recoil just a little bit but i'd go with hand loaded first Column three, high caliber rounds is probably going to be my number one choice. I think that's a fantastic perk on sidearms. Uh, quick draw, again, like I mentioned, some people swear by that. I personally don't, but some people do. It's also there. Lightweight snapshot, not nearly as good. I think high caliber rounds is the tier one. And column four, I'd like rangefinder. Rangefinder, bar none, definitely the best perk. Zen moment is also an option. Crowd control, reactive reload. Um, any of those are going to do you fine, but rangefinder, again, is that tier one. So let's go over this. Barrel perk that increases impact, linear comp, accurized ballistics, field choke. Then we want hand-loaded, high-caliber rounds, rangefinder. My friend, if you have that weapon, enjoy dominating in the Crucible because that is probably the best sidearm that you can have out there. But your chances of getting one are pretty small considering you have to grind House of Judgment the entire time. Yeah, it's uh, it's very difficult to get. I do know at least one person who listens did grind for it because we've harped on it so much and got... A, a really amazing role. I don't have it in front of me, unfortunately, but but yeah, he tweeted at me about it. Um, I, w- I was kind of sad because I have never managed to, to get a crow's eye. I got so many Soul Stealer's Claws. Uh, when it was the meta, it was just coming up my ears, much to Cougar's chagrin because he could not get one, but crow's eye did not drop for me. Uh, so, so I'm still without, unfortunately, but yeah, it's, it's definitely one of those guns that you're just like, I gotta get it. I gotta get it one of these days. And similar to that, again, one of those weapons that most people probably won't have, but it is possible to get the Havoc Pigeon, was the year two Taken King Crucible Quartermaster sidearm. It's in the same archetype as the Crow's Eye, but unfortunately it cannot roll with a barrel perk that increases the impact. So you're stuck with a 0.7 second optimal time to kill, one crit and three bodies, and a 0.93 second body shot time to kill with five bodies that is slow, the slowest of all the sidearms. I don't recommend this gun for that reason, but some people do because they're so much easier to control with the slower rate of fire. Um, again, if you get one, maybe try it out. It's got good range, good aim assist, decent stability. I wouldn't personally recommend it over the other guns we've talked about, but I just want to throw that out there for those of you who have one. I know they, they'd like us to talk about the Havoc Pigeon. Yeah, there definitely are a lot of people who swear by their Havoc Pigeons despite 
the slower time to kill. And it is a little bit easier to manage. I did have one back in the day when it was a Crucible Quartermaster weapon. You could just go and pick one up. Uh, I, you know, I, at a certain point, I think I had all of the vendor sidearms, and uh, I just I, I weep that I that I deleted them, all except my queen's choice. But um, but yeah, it is a lot easier to control for sure. Um, I will say I, I picked up the teacup tempest, took it out, and just I found that I was losing to the wormwood honestly quite a bit. I would get into a close range sidearm fight and the wormwood just kills faster and it does it reliably and that that was my experience if you have a different experience you know go with uh go with the traveler of course um and that actually just a just a quick note uh i had asked people to submit questions and tips and tricks on twitter and we did just answer uh, basically over the course of the last half hour we just answered jay with destiny trackers question about what sidearms other than wormwood to use i think we just gave people several great options yeah and um i think it's about that time to move on to the two new archetypes that were added in yeah uh there was i guess i'd call them low impact and very low impact these did not exist in the game until rise of iron came out um, we're gonna go with low impact first so only two members right now the zeal vector from the wrath of the machine raid and the binding blaze from iron banner if I had to go with one of the two, I'd actually go with the Zeal Vector. Now, perks-wise, you wouldn't normally think it's going to be a good gun. And stats-wise, you wouldn't normally think it's going to be a good gun. And I can totally understand that. What makes this gun so fantastic is that, again, like the Crow's Eye, it actually comes with Accurized Ballistics, which drops the time to kill. It's possible, and by possible, I mean realistically it's impossible, but it is possible to get a half a second time to kill with four critical shots in the optimal range. Let's be realistic, that's probably never going to happen. I don't think I've ever hit four critical shots in a row with a sidearm in an actual combat situation. Uh, so what you're looking at is actually the body shot time to kill. 0.67 seconds would be fastest in class with five body shots. And that's if you use Accurized Ballistics. Stat-wise, um, the range is terrible. You'll honestly be lucky if you're hitting eight meters probably at full damage. Um, and that would be with picking hand-loaded in the middle column. Stability is below average. Reload speed is okay. Mag size is 15. Thank God it has something redeeming. But then that aim assist is just brutal, brutal at 55. Really, really low. So if you don't have a crow's eye, if you don't have an iron wreath, if you don't have um, a wormwood, if you don't have marks, <laughs> yeah, if you don't have the trespasser exotic, um, then maybe try Zeal Vector. But uh, I mean, it's it's fun, and it also comes with. You know, like all Wrath of the Machine raid weapons, it comes with uh, reactive reload and then quick reaction, which basically just gives you, you know, battle runner while reactive reload is is active. So it's kind of fun to play with, but it's pretty, pretty damn difficult. I guess I'd recommend that as like my third or fourth option. Um, for ones you can get right now, it would definitely have to be uh, Crow's Eye, Wormwood, Trespasser, and then maybe Zeal Vector. Um yeah. But I mean, I'd give it a shot just, just for the fun factor, even if it is a pretty difficult weapon to use. That being said, the Binding Blaze underneath it, I don't know if I would touch that one because it's got all the horrible stats of the Zeal Vector, but it doesn't have the ability to kill any faster with an impact increasing barrel perk. So, Yeah, the Binding Blaze is kind of a victim of being part of the new crop of Iron Banner weapons. So it's just got those standard uh, Iron Warrior sights, which... Um, are fine in and of themselves, and if the gun was otherwise good, then it would be fine. But yeah, that definitely, definitely hurts it by comparison, right there. 
Um, I guess uh, I would totally agree as well with the list that you gave. Those are really probably the only four really viable sidearms or viable. I don't know. Um, I would probably, I might actually suggest Dreg's Promise over Zeal Vector just because I think it's going to be easier to use for most people. It's got uh, better range and... Um, I mean, it's just, it, it is really accurate within its optimal distance. So I, I would say... Yeah, but it's not hitscan now, which is the not. reason. I, I know I probably shouldn't, but I kind of value hitscan pretty highly on my sidearms. I came around to that because I played with the Vestian Dynasty a lot, and I was like, oh, I don't see the problem with it not being hitscan. And then I started playing with hitscan sidearms, and I was like, oh, this is actually pretty nice. So Yeah, I, I mean... Like I said, I, I I said this earlier in the podcast. Hit scan is super super important for sidearms. That said, though, uh, Zeal Vector, I, I guess I feel like it's just because of the low range, because of the low aim assist. I think that hurts it a lot. I think Dreg's Promise, you know, maybe it's maybe it's fifth on the list, then, but I I would still put it right up there with the Zeal Vector, probably as one of those. One of those bottom tier, but not completely worthless sidearms. Yeah, and obviously, if you guys get a, if you guys grab a jabber hockey or something from uh, a special weapon Ingram, then yeah, jabber hockey would probably be would be not probably it would be preferable over a zeal vector in my opinion. That's fair. Um, oh yeah, sure. But yeah. I I tend to forget about that because I so rarely see them out of special Ingrams. But yeah, that that takes a lot of luck. There are so many so many possible drops you could get from an Ingram these days. Uh, the the weapon list is just extremely bloated. So. If you get one, then uh, the tra- the traveler is smiled upon you, Guardian. Um, there is one other archetype below that that I want to go ahead and take because I just don't understand why it's in the game, and that is the uh, super duper stupid fast uh, archetype, consisting of the Impeacher Five and Anton's Rule. The Impeacher is the new monarchy vendor sidearm. And Anton's Rule is the Crucible Quartermaster Vendor Sidearm. So these guns can kill in 0.53 seconds, optimally, just as fast as the Trespasser. The downside is that you have to land 5 crits at a rate of fire faster than that of the Wormwood or Zeal Vector or any other gun in the game. I mean, it's just super fast. It's it's insane. And you have you actually have to pull the trigger. I don't think it's even possible to get full auto. Uh, unless unless I'm misremembering, I'm pretty sure you can't even get full auto on these guns. No, I don't, you can't get full auto. The, they would be hilarious if you could, but no, you cannot. Yeah, it just it just does not make any sense. I mean, I spent some time playing with them. Obviously, I had to to get my weapon stat spreadsheet stuff down. Um, I found it very, very difficult to pull the trigger as fast as possible when I was staring at a wall. Uh, in game, when I was testing it for the damage numbers, it wasn't just very difficult. It was basically impossible. I could not, my, someone's finger out there is fast enough. I'm very sure of that, but my finger was not fast enough to pull the trigger as fast as possible and keep the gun accurate at the same time. And on top of that, your damage drop-off starts so fast that you even lose the ability to kill in five crits like right away at like seven meters or something absurd, seven or eight meters or whatever it is. Um, it's brutal. So that optimal time to kill is not even really possible. And then you're stuck with the body shot time to kill, which isn't bad. It's 0.8 seconds. Um, but 
it's just, I feel like there are so, so many better options. They have atrocious aim assist, poor range. They try to make up for it with a max size of 15, but with a rate of fire this fast, 15 isn't enough. It really needs 18 uh, to be competitive. And I just, I don't like the guns. I feel like maybe if they had given them the ability to roll full auto, they would have been absolutely hilarious and they would have had some purpose. But given the way they are right now, I just can't recommend the Impeacher 5 or the Anton's roll at all to anyone. Anton's rule, particularly, it makes me a little bit sad. I'm a bit of a, a bit of an English nerd, and Anton's rule. Well, so it's it's got it's got this flavor text. It says, "Don't include it unless you intend to use it," which I find remarkably ironic. So Anton's rule is actually referring to Chekhov's law, which is a a law of writing essentially, um, which basically says that if if you put a gun in a scene, whether it's in a play. Um, which I believe is what Chekhov primarily wrote, or a short story, whatever. If you put a gun in a scene, like as a decoration, in the first act or the first part of the book, then it needs to be fired in the third. And so that's kind of what they're saying here. They're kind of they're kind of making reference to that, and it's just saying you know don't include extraneous things. If you don't want your audience to think that you're going to kill somebody, don't put a gun in the story. Is what it's saying, and that's incredibly ironic because they put in Anton's rule. And there's just no reason to use it. Like, that's <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, if you're an English nerd, I guess. So, Chekhov's law is that if you put a gun in a situation, it's that people expect that gun to be used, correct? And if you don't use it, isn't that like a Chekhov device or something like that? Isn't that what it's called? Because I remember I watched an episode of Archer where they had a gun and they called it a Chekhov gun. And the joke was that you expected something bad to happen with the gun and nothing bad ever happened with the gun i could be misremembering that but i'm pretty sure that's the way it was it's the one where they tried to make cyril for anyone out there who watches archer you guys are good people but they try to make <laughs> cyril into a secret agent he ends up stabbing a hooker with a hypodermic needle it's a good show check it out if you haven't but is that is that what a Chekhov's thing is right exactly so and here's here's a, a quote actually from Chekhov himself one must never place a loaded rifle on the stage if it isn't going to go off. It's wrong to make promises you don't mean to keep. Ah, so there you go. So, you know, or, or he also says, you know, if in the first act you've hung a pistol on the wall, then in the following one it should be fired. Otherwise, don't put it there. Which I, I mean, it's, it's like this, this is just super funny to me because they put this gun in the game and it's just like, did you think that we were going to use this? Like, what is this for? I... It's objectively the most difficult to use with some of the worst stats. And you, I mean, you can't even use it at its full rate of fire, even if you wanted to. So I, I don't get it. I've harped on it enough. I, I'm going to let it go. But I, I just found that really abusing. Had to share uh, my uh, the, the other side of my nerdiness, the, the non-video gaming <laughs> segment. So yeah, so that's, that's Chekhov's Law uh, or Chekhov's Gun if you will. Perfect. Well, there you go. Massive breakdown of English literature, or Russian literature, or whatever <laughs> yes. it was. But, um, so we've basically talked about every single sidearm that is in the game currently, I believe. We've talked about how to use them, how to play with them, what perks to look for, which ones to recommend. Um, I'd like to move into discussing ways to counter them, but before we do that, do you have anything else to add to this, Kutch? Uh, I do want to just throw some quick shout-outs to a couple of folks on Twitter that did respond to our tweet, uh, Mamba527, who I'm pretty sure I know through Shotgun Academy, some good folks over there uh, teaching teaching the good work of the Crucible. 
he asked how many meters damage damage drop-off started. We answered that question. I also want to give a big shout out to Handsome Dragon, who I've exchanged just a ton of tweets with. Uh, and uh, he asked what the ideal perks are for sidearms. I know we kind of addressed that for a bunch of different sidearms, but in general, just as a recap, for anybody who maybe didn't have a chance to write this down because you were driving, uh, bookmark this part of your podcast. The ideal perks for pretty much every sidearm are going to be the sights. They give you the best aim assist, mostly sure shot IS. True sights also pretty good. Uh, then you're going to want... High caliber rounds, because it's available on all of them, you're going to want hand loaded, and then ideally you're going to want range finder, um, although hidden hand is pretty good too. I, mean, I think that covers just about every sidearm, right? All the non-exotics. Yes, uh, legitimately. So, moving on to countering sidearms, I kind of touched on this earlier in the show. I think one of the best counters to sidearms right now is the low-impact auto rifles. They did receive the teeny tiniest little bit of a damage buff. It didn't change the visual damage, but it does help the smallest bit with damage fall off. Um, I think they're the best counter straight up, uh, at least as far as primary weapons go. The other alternative you have is to just not let them get close enough to you to where they can kill you. Uh, you kind of have a lot more time to react than you do against a shotgun rusher. Um so either keep people far away, use a low-impact AR. Those are my two big ones. Um, we were talking about this earlier. You can still use shotguns. Shotguns are still possible in the Crucible, and they work particularly well with a de defensive playstyle. Um, aggressive playstyle, it doesn't really work as much because if you trade, you've just lost all your ammo, and now you have a useless special. But defensive playstyle, you're way less likely to die in the, because you're putting yourself into a bad situation. When you're playing defensive, you're reacting to the person who's attacking you, in this case, a sidearm rusher. And if you let them get close enough, we just mentioned that 10 meters, which is their optimal range, is about the farthest away you can pull that kill off with a uh, with a perfectly rolled matador. So it is possible to still use shotguns, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I, I had a ton of fun with my matador. Nobody really expected it. I don't think people knew quite how to respond. Um, everybody just kind of assumed that you know we'd all agreed to play with sidearms now, and I'll, I'll even say this: I actually, so I'm I'm a total. Uh, what, what I've learned is called an ape, um, where I just love to just charge at people with a shotgun. Um, you know, I, I usually use cover. I think fairly well. Obviously, we can all improve, but um, I, I really just love charging at people. I think it throws them off, and so. I had I had actually some success still with aerial shotgunning. I had to get a lot closer than I used to. I had to, as uh, I think, uh, gosh, I, I think it was Josh uh, Hamrick said, might have been Greg Ping, I don't know. Um, I had to jump on top of people and put the barrel of my shotgun up to the back of their head to, uh, to hit them in air, but it does work. Um, you can do it, and nobody expects it to happen. Uh, everybody is just assuming that you're going to miss and that is much to their detriment. So you can do it. However, as you said, Merck, uh, playing a little bit more defensively, keeping your boots on the ground um, in general is is probably the best advice I can give. Um, it's, it's still a really great weapon for baiting people. You can no longer uh, floof bait as a warlock. You can't, you can't floof up above a doorway and, and drop down onto somebody as effectively. It takes a little bit more uh, care. And, and a little bit more practice and and again you have to put the barrel right up on their head but you can you, you can do it however just baiting corners with a shotgun uh, nobody's got a shotgun anymore so you're not going to trade the way that you used to so it's still a totally viable choice and now that I've said it you're all going to go out there and just ruin my fun 
I don't I don't expect shotguns to take off too too much. Uh, but like I said, they are still possible to use. It's actually <coughs> excuse me. It's actually easier to use. So it's harder and easier. It's easier to use shotguns defensively now because you're way less likely to be charged by someone who also has a shotgun. Yeah. So you're not as likely to be instigimped at close range, which is nice. Um, the way I mentioned it on another podcast a while back is use them like you used a shotgun in Halo, not as an aggressive attack weapon, but as I want to hold down this plot of land or this little area, and I want to defend it. Someone's charging at me. I see them running at me with a shotgun. I'm sitting behind a corner camping invisible, and then you use, bam, shotgun, and you kill someone. Um, so that being said, that's a possible counter. Other than that... Um, I mean, fusion rifles, maybe. I found fusion rifles to just be super, super risky, though, in the current state of the Crucible. Um, so I don't know if I'd highly recommend those unless you yourself are good with a fusion rifle. Like, I don't know if you're kind of a casual player and then you're just like, oh, I'm pissed at sidearms, I need to switch something else. I don't know if fusion rifles is the right way to go. I'd give it a shot, maybe, but they're, they're pretty difficult to use right now. Um, yeah, I know when we were talking... Um during our prep here before the before the cast break, you had said that you had not seen very many shotguns uh, in the Crucible since the patch. And I will tell you this, I think I saw one seventy seven Wizard. I think that might be the only fusion rifle I've run into all week long. Um, at least as far as one that actually killed me. I other people may have had them, but they didn't they either didn't kill me or, or we just did not see each other at all. So uh, I, I feel like fusion rifles have dropped off the map. One counter that to a sidearm that I would throw out there that is still very effective is the mid-impact hand cannon because they've got better range. You talked about keeping your distance a little bit, and uh, they've got the aerial accuracy to counter and win against sidearms. They've got better range. Their time to kill, obviously, is not quite as good, but because sidearms are going to be missing at at hand cannon optimal range, uh, you can really take somebody down uh, while you close with a hand cannon, and uh, sidearms are going to lose that fight. So you can't you can't play a sidearm like a primary. That's uh, actually I think somebody I think somebody maybe it was Handsome Dragon said that as well. Uh, you don't want to pull it out too soon because you're going to lose to a lot of guns if you do. So uh, that would be my that would be my advice there. If you really hate sidearms, run a hand cannon. All right, so I think we've covered the best ones to use. We've covered how to play with them. We've covered how to counter them. Um, I actually think that might be it for me. It seems like we we ran a really short episode today. That means I'll try to get it out as soon as I can. But you got anything else you wanted to add, Kutch? Uh, no, I think I think we've really covered everything there is to know about sidearms. And uh, at this point, you know, I'm just looking forward to hearing what everybody uh, has to say about the episode. And thanks, guys. Appreciate you listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, do want to just uh, suggest that you check out the rest of the podcasts that are members of the Destiny Tracker Podcast Network. Obviously, there's the Destiny Tracker Podcast. Um, there's also Destiny Lorecast, Destiny Down Under, uh, Rabbit Hole Radio, and of course, RNG Cast. If you listen to us, you've already heard Buster Knuckle at least once. So definitely check those guys out. Tell them we said hi. And uh, of course, make sure that you do uh, check out Massive Breakdown podcast on twitter we're at destiny mvp we're on soundcloud uh merc runs the youtube channel we've got destinymassivebreakdowns.com and we're all over the place so uh find us and say hi yep and um i'm actually supposed to be on the rng cast this saturday morning but i don't know if i'm going to be able to make it 
because my girlfriend was sick on Valentine's Day, oh, no. which although I got to play lots of Destiny <laughs> on Valentine's Day because she was bedridden, she is uh, not literally putting a gun to my head, but strongly, strongly hinting that we should go do something this weekend <laughs> to make up for her missing on that holiday. So I don't know if I'm going to be able to make RNG cast. I'm going to try to. If I can't, I will definitely be back as soon as possible. Another shout out, though, speaking of other podcasts, the Destiny Reset yes, crew yeah. um, was more than gracious enough to have me on for this week's show. So I believe that will either be coming out around the same time or a little bit before this podcast comes out. So I definitely think you guys should check that out. It, we had a great talk uh, about the balance patch, as as we've been apt to do this week, and I thought it went really, really well. They're a fantastic group of guys and um, just a super professional organization from, from top to bottom. So I was really happy to be to be able to join them uh, for a conversation. But I think that's it for me. So I'm going to go ahead and sign off, say thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Bye. All right. Yeah, peace out, Guardians. Uh, oh, one one last thing I forgot. Do watch for me on Destiny Lorecast this week as well. But that is it. Peace out. Thank you.